It's Calgary's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, this is Bonnie LG coming to you today with Calgary's podcast, a member of the Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen here in the city of Calgary, Alberta, so you can listen, discover, and engage. Today's guest is Eric Gilbert Williams. Eric is a Canadian entrepreneur, business mentor, inventor, and author in progress. He grew his last venture to 60 people, several million dollars in annual revenue, and reached the number 20 spot for the fastest growing company in Canada, as per the Growth 500 list. As a teenager, Eric struggled with drugs and gangs, but he found redemption through embracing the entrepreneurial spirit with a laser-like intensity. Eric is now helping other entrepreneurs with their business and writing a book to help struggling teenagers and their families experience a similar type of redemption and success in life. So Eric, thanks for joining us today and welcome to the show. Thank you, Bonnie, for the great introduction. I appreciate your time and I'm excited to be here. Why don't we jump right in and you can tell me a little bit about how you actually got started in your business that, that you've recently sold and, and just a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey so our, our listeners have an opportunity to get to know you a bit. Sure, sure. And it depends on how far back we want to go, right? And, you know, from, uh, from the Calgary perspective, I, I moved to Calgary from Kitchener, Ontario in uh, November 2006. And I moved out while the construction season was in boom time, right? While oil was in boom and, and of course, the, the down effect and, and the consequences uh, positive on, on construction. So I moved from Kitchener in my rusty old van all the way across country with a, an old friend of mine. And we came to Calgary to do construction, to do roofing specifically. And uh, over the years that evolved to be more, more general construction and you know, getting involved with, with mostly exterior uh, of residential like townhouses and that type of uh, work. And since then, I've, I've, I've made Calgary a home. I love it there. It's great. And, and it still is my home. And I can see myself there for a long time. And uh, that was, but that, that's kind of jumping in the middle of the story. You know, going back further from there, you know, I, I was always feeling like an entrepreneur when I was little. I didn't know what the word was. Um, you know, cutting lawns uh, uh, is what, something that, that a lot of people do. And I did that too. But, but I, I like to sell lawnmowers. I would buy them and sell them, right? And, you know, I like trading card games like other kids did too. But, you know, next thing I know, I'm 12 years old and I'm really in dealing with the, the card store owners to buy his bulk inventory. And I was selling them, you know, through the newspaper classified ads because, of course, internet and, and you know, Craigslist and Kijiji weren't really around at that time. So I was always doing these real and deal type of, you know, ventures and ideas. I, had, I was breeding fish at one point when I was like 13 and it just all these weird things when I was really little and it just latched on to it. I loved it. I found excitement and passion on doing these, hey, let's create something ideas out of nothing. So everyone's got their own different passion, whether it's art or dance or, or uh, business or like, like learning or teaching or uh, exploring or, or nature. Like everyone's got their own you know, specific niche that they really, really enjoy. And uh, I'm not going to try and guess what it is. But for me, I found it in, uh, in being an entrepreneur and, and nurtured that when I was very young. Uh, I got into a lot of trouble when I was 16. You know, now, cannabis is a pretty cool business right now. I have a lot of friends that are, that are doing some great stuff in it. My cannabis business didn't work out too good. You could say I got in a little bit too early. Right? <laughs> I didn't have government support back then. So that was a problem when I was a teenager. Basically, I'm saying I was selling cannabis when I was a teenager, and it was a bad idea. I got in a lot of trouble. 
right? I got arrested. It was terrible. And I ended up dropping out of school. Um, you know, I got kicked out of the house type of thing. It was, a, uh, it, was, it was a bad scenario, right? I was in a lot of trouble. I was living in a drug house. I was, there was gangs. There was a lot of violence. Uh, frankly, people started to die. It was really, really bad. And um, the more I was there, the less exciting it was, the less fun it was, right? The more uh, reality sunk in, the less I felt uh, like I was, I was moving forward. Right? I, I got into all that because I was, I was escaping these feelings that I had from, as a kid of feeling trapped. And, and this is a side subject that I think we'll come back to that I feel very passionate about uh, on the subjects of uh, teen suicide, teen violence, and drugs itself. And this is what my book is about. It's a, a deep dive into what the heck's going on and how can we decrease the impact of, you know, and, and the occurrence of this type of a tragedy in, in our society. So that's what my book's about. Maybe we'll come back to that later. The point is, I got in a lot of trouble. By the time I was 18, I realized I really, really wanted to change. I didn't want to have that life anymore. I wanted to do something better. I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to be the best version of myself, which my crowd at the time was not going to let me do. Right? And it's not that they didn't want me to, it's that it just wouldn't happen. Right? You are who you hang around. So when I was 18, I got recruited into a direct sales organization. And uh, the, the, the guy that recruited me in, he wanted to help me out. Sure, that's true. But he also wanted to recruit people that could sell. And he said, you know, I don't, he says, I don't care what you've done in the past. I just care what you've done now. He really gave me a chance to be someone different and start over. And I embraced it with everything that I had. And I learned how to sell in a professional way, right? I'm not talking about sleazy car salesman type stuff. I'm talking about actually helping people and improving their lives in a way that's profitable for both parties, right? That's what professional sales is. I latched onto that, learned how to do this, ended up growing to the top spot in the company really, really fast. I helped them expand across Canada at the time. And um, that was really, really cool. That was my, that was my first authentic venture that, that I got to grow on. And it, it also taught me and exposed me to personal development books, you know, workshops, seminars, uh, cassette tapes at the time, right? And all that kind of good, positive vibe, right? That company uh, ended up on their own, you know, on the founder level, ended up not working out, which was uh, devastating for me, of course. Um, but what am I going to do? I was, you know, 19, 20 at the time. So then I, I ended up kind of feeling lost for a bit. And there's a couple little little ventures I've played with there that I'll skip through because they're not really relevant. Um, I ended up doing an event production company in uh, the general Toronto area, and I would host events, flying keynote speakers, trade shows, booths, and I was about 20 years old at that point, so uh, it was just amazing. I got to be in front of the stage. You know, I was a really, really awkward kid growing up, and doing this kind of stuff forced me to come out of my shell and find a way to communicate with the rest of the world. So I did this event production company for a while, and I ended up hiring my first business coach who um, you know, was an amazing guy. He's still my friend to this day. And, and he helped me a lot, but he was also a bit of an asshole because, you see, he, he taught me about burn rates, which I did not understand at the time. I was an entrepreneur at the time, right? I, I got marketing, I got inspiration, I got leadership, I had vision, you know, I was innovative, you know, I was excited, I had lots of enthusiasm, but I didn't understand business. At the time, I didn't understand what accounting was or how you know, all the structure and formality of the key performance indicators and, and timelines and, and putting together a proper financial forecast and plans. So anyways, I was broke. I had maxed out my third line of credit and I was going under, game over. So um, I went through a, a bit of a withdrawal for a few months. I was a nighttime janitor cleaning up the most disgusting floors you can possibly imagine at the worst bars that exist in uh, Waterloo University crowd. And if you went to school in Waterloo, you know exactly what bar I'm talking about. And, and I was the janitor cleaning it in the middle of the night. And finally, my coach said, why don't you try construction? You know, I had been roofing as an employee off and on. He said, why don't you give this a shot? 
I did, I did my first contract through a friend of mine in, uh, uh, it was in Brampton and, and I, I loved it, right? Being on the roof, getting the, the muscles exposed and, and, you know, just sweating and, and looking at my finished products and I ended up making a lot of money at it too. This is, this is really great. Calgary was in boom time. So I did the logical thing, moved to Calgary in the middle of winter. It was like minus 35 degrees and I was there to do roofing, which was a horrible idea, right? The worst thing you can imagine. I didn't think very much. I was just excited. I was, in a, I was a typical excited entrepreneur that just moved forward without thinking and um, made it work ultimately, right? And, and then the company grew to 60 people, built up a lot of revenue and sold it. And um, yeah, that's kind of in a nutshell. I probably rambled too much there. No, it's all good. It's all good. And so you come to Calgary in the middle of the winter and yeah. end up having a very successful company. So Looking at kind of that part of your journey, what were some of the, the greatest um, challenges that you faced here specifically in Calgary? And then the follow-up question to that on the flip side is what were some of the greatest successes or what were the best things about doing business here? Sure. Yeah. Uh, some of the early first challenges were, you know, to deal with boom time, right? When, when boom time is ha- happening and everyone who's in Calgary uh, who was around for this, right? When boom time hits, there's a lot of shit that needs to get done immediately. There is no time left, right? There's no time limit, especially in construction, right? If the house isn't built or the building isn't built by a certain schedule, huge penalties fall uh, on, on the powers that be, which rolls downhill, right? So we have to deal with a large volume and maintain the same quality, right? So, you know, how do you hire when there's no one there to hire because they're being poached, you know, every second day? How do you get 10 jobs done when you only have time for five? How do you keep quality to a level where, you know, you're, you're feeling good about your own work and you're giving a good product while hitting these timelines? These were the kind of early challenges that were happening from 2006, probably, you know, realistically for a few years, you know, 2009 wasn't a really good year in Calgary, which, you know, for construction, was, that's kind of the first, that was the second challenge I mean to say was dealing with, you know, the downtimes, you know, 2009-ish was um, not as pleasant as earlier. And then, of course, you know, 2014, 15 was pretty rough. I'm out of that business now, so I'm not having to deal with, you know, the reality of the difficult situations that have continued. You know, big election that just happened. I'm not going to get into that, but we'll see where that goes. Well, and I guess, you know, that's a really timely point because we are still struggling economically in, in the city. And so in those years when you were running your company here, what were some of the things that you did to keep it? going and, and to be successful? And what advice could you pass on to entrepreneurs who are maybe in the same boat now because of the reality of the economy we have? Well, I was saying earlier that I was an entrepreneur. I wasn't a business person. And I feel like you know, so many people out there get excited about an idea. We wake up and we say, I'm going to do something better. We're at work. And we're like, I can do it better than my boss. He's an idiot. Or you know, I'm going to change the world. We just have this blinding flash of inspiration. That's an entrepreneur. And you know, entrepreneurs need to become business people. They're not the same thing, right? Now, and, and, and vice versa is true too. A business person is not an entrepreneur. You can have as much schooling as you possibly want. You can have you know, as much experience dealing with an organization or, or a healthy, mature company as you want. That's great. But if you don't have that entrepreneurial spirit, you're, you're kind of like a watchdog. You're like a guardian over something that already exists without being able to create something new. And if you want to look at you know, the, the HP story and what happened with HP over the last 20 years and watch that evolution to where they are today, you know, there's, a, there's a classic example of that. Uh, you know, the entrepreneurial division and the business, you know, watchdog division. So I won't get into that right now, but 
think about this. If, if you're an entrepreneur and you got excited about an idea and you're driving on a few key strengths that you have, remember that your few key strengths are only a few key strengths. They're not all the key strengths. And if you really need, if you're going to get successful, if you're going to make it through downtime, if you're going to make it through boom time, if you're going to make it through, you know, that, that first five or 10 years where most companies fail, you need to be something called the specialized generalist. You need to be able to flex into what your organization needs at any moment, at any time, forever. You can't force your way through an accounting issue by being good at sales. And you can't force yourself through a, a sales situation by being good at the law, right? They're just different departments. And if you, so many entrepreneurs get to get an early success, get early starts by being exemplary, by being a top of their game and then some at one or two specific areas of the business. And so I'm going to suggest to you to, you know, step off the high horse a little bit, right? Tuck away that ego and look at what you're not good at and just be vulnerable about it. Be honest about it. Ask for help about it. Grow and learn about it, right? Don't pretend that you can hide those flaws and hide those weaknesses forever because they will surface. And the longer you delay them or, or postpone it, the more they're going to explode, kind of like keeping a volcano underground too long. The pressure just builds up until eventually, and it will, you know, pop through the surface. And you're going to have to deal with all that lava burning down all around you. Right? We don't want it to burn down your business. A company goes through what I call this, this business puberty phases. And, you know, I can only speak to organizations up to, you know, about 60. Say I could, I'd be comfortable around 100 in size. So there's a lot of guys out there dealing with thousands of people. And, yeah, that's just not my realm yet, right? Maybe next time we talk, it will be. But this business puberty from zero to five employees is an awkward phase. Five to 10 is a different skill set completely. Uh, 10 to 20 is going to you know, take your leadership and your, and your ability to manage to a whole new level. And, and you know, 20 to 40, 40 to 80, these are the different phases of business puberty. And they're as awkward as anything else. Sweaty palms, you know, your voice gets all weird when you're trying to do a big sales contract and you just can't speak anymore and you feel all stupid, right? That's what I'm talking about. And you know, you got to be ready for those things and, and, you know, think about them and plan for them in advance. So when you think about your experiences here in Calgary, and I think you're right, you know, this is a time maybe of trepidation here and a bit of anxiety, but what were some of the best things the city had to offer? And I think you bring a great perspective because you have worked, you know, in, in Ontario and grown your company to such a successful size. But what was it that really kept you in Calgary all those years? You know, Calgary is just a great city, right? There's friendly people, they're welcoming. It's like a land of opportunity. To me, it's, it's not the most entrepreneurial part. And, and I can a little more broadly say about Alberta, but, you know, I'm a little biased towards Calgary. If it's not the most entrepreneurial, you know, spirit that there is in Canada, then it's pretty close, right? There's, there's, just, there's just a lot of people that want to do things. They want to create. And, and, you know, I go to a lot of the meetups and different meetings and meet a lot of people and, and people in my network too, they're doing some cool stuff, right? A lot of people say that Calgary has no tech presence. Well, there's some pretty monster tech companies that have come out of Calgary. And the same is true with other industries too. In construction, again, there's, there's some monsters that came out of Calgary or Edmonton, right? If you look at the stats, just do a little Google search for big companies that came out of Alberta, right? And you'll see quite a few. So I found it to be a really friendly city. I, was, I felt like I was treated and brought in like family. I made really, really good friends almost immediately when I arrived. Um, of course, being close to the mountains is, is just a, a bonus, right? To be that close to such beautiful nature that, you know, only exists in certain parts of the world. And, um, and I feel like we have a great economy. We have to just get through this little tough spot right now. And there's a lot of division about, you know, who's right and wrong. And the political realm is, you know, very clearly 
in one side or the other. Like there is no confusion about you know what Alberta is really leaning towards, um, and we got to get through this, right? So there's there's a lot for us to work on, but uh, you know we've come through a lot. We've come a long, long way from you know some some of the downtimes in the past, and uh, I feel like it's just going to be a matter of time when we come back to that, and hopefully we end up getting to a position where we can really lead Canada in a more serious way and be taken a little more seriously in, in our opinions. Uh, that would be my hope. So I feel like that's something that, that we can really you know, bring to the table. You've had a very unique experience that um, not a lot of the entrepreneurs that I've interviewed so far have had in that you've sold your company and made a significant revenue off of that. So what's your next step? Like, where are you going next, Eric, in your career? And what do you hope to do? Well, well right now I'm kind of just taking a breather and, and using that breather to do entrepreneurial things because <laughs> that's just kind of automatic. I'm writing my book right now, which is really important to me. Um, you know, I, I mentioned earlier to me when, when kids hit a breaking point, there's one of three things that happen and, and the breaking point is different for everyone, right? One of my friends, uh, you know, it's, it's such a tragedy, you know, his, his son committed suicide and he was a very, very young teenager. No one saw it coming. There was no clear indicator. Uh, it just happened. Right. And, and obviously the first thing that comes to your mind, well, why, why did this happen? How did this happen? Every kid has a breaking point, and it looks very different for everyone. And when that happens, to me, one of three things happen. There's harm to self, extreme case suicide. There's harm to others. Extreme case is, you know, shootings in schools. And the third one is avoidance. And that one usually involves drugs. That's the one that I went down. I didn't uh, choose violence in any way. I just, I hid in drugs because I thought that that would be my easier escape. I think that this is, this is something that doesn't have to be there. It is avoidable. There's ways to decrease the statistics and increase the success and the happiness. So um, for me, writing this book is a passion project. I don't really expect to make fortunes off it. That's not really the idea. In fact, if I do, I'm probably going to donate to charity. Uh, I'm, I'm focusing on this book with everything that I got. I really want to make an impact. Uh, I'm also coaching and mentoring other business people locally in Calgary as well as broad, abroad. Uh, it's something I'm very passionate about. I've always had a business mentor helping me. So now I get to be that person in return. Um, and that's, you know, launched my website for that. And, and, and we can check that out. And uh, the next venture that I really latch on to, I'm still going to wait another six months because I've kind of got my hands tied with the, the, the book still. But I, I want to get involved in tech. You know, I spent a lot of time in old school construction and that was great. Now I really want to do something that's going to hit the technology, uh, you know, hit the IT realms. And I, I've developed software with teams before, uh, seven softwares to be specific, somewhere in construction, somewhere in sentiment analysis, and somewhere, uh, which basically there are just a few different types of technology and, and types of software I was working with. And I, I want to join or build something in that realm. So that's where, you, that's where you're probably going to see me in the next year. Okay. I, I'm being vague, by the way, on purpose, because uh, there's a couple of days involved. So sorry if that was a little bit vague, but... <laughs> That is all good, and, and we look forward to seeing what happens for you next. So you mentioned you had a business mentor, but what has been the best piece of advice that you've ever got, either as an entrepreneur or how to grow your business? Like, what would you pass along to our listeners today? Yeah, I'd, I'd say, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is just come back down to earth. You know, one of the, one of the people I work with was stuck. He was just beating himself up, saying, you know, he's trying to find the next greatest idea, the next big thing. That's really not needed, right? Every time I felt really stuck in a company, my way always through it was to come back to the basics, right? Let's look at it from a, from a fundamental business perspective. Let's just do the simple little tiny things every day that we know will get us incrementally uh, forward and, and take little steps and inches towards you know, whatever objective and goal we have, right? So, you know, unicorns are great. It's a cool little word that's popped up over the last five years, right? And, you know, everyone wants to have a unicorn and build the next unicorn, right? 
wonderful, great. Keep that in mind. You know, that's the home run. But home runs aren't really where the baseball game is, right? It's the baseball games are won through singles and doubles, right? Going to fundamental business basics. Uh, so, so that's something I'm going to encourage anyone listening is to look at your business from a fundamental ground up perspective. What's the little things that you can do right now? And what are the little things you can inspire your team to do right now that just inch your way forward one little step at a time? Next thing you know, that home run will show up, but you got to be patient for it. And you got to be positioned for it, right? You want the home run when you've got bases full. It's such a waste to have a home run and no one's on base, right? So focus on those singles and doubles. Get those little steps forward. Be the specialized generalist. Focus on those core fundamental business subjects as a priority, not the big pie in the sky magic silver bullet. Well, now I'd like to shift gears a bit and, and get to know you a little bit more personally. So um, we have a number of kind, we call them our rapid fire questions. Tell us about a book that you would recommend to all of our listeners to read. Is there one book that's really meant a lot to you over the years? Uh, you know, first one that comes to mind is uh, Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman. Um, that's one of, my, one of my favorite books. There's a movie about it as well. And you can criticize the acting for being cheesy if you would like. I don't really care. I think it's a great movie. The concept is about mental toughness and about identifying your passion and sticking to it with everything that you've got. There's no holds back. So that's a book that meant a lot to me. And I referred back to it many, many times through the years when I was having my toughest times uh, you know, dealing with business challenges. So uh, that's the first one. Do you have a favorite like podcast or resource or online website that you go to on a regular basis that just helps you to continue with your own professional development? I, I follow a lot of podcasts, right? Like, you know, the Daily Grind, Boiling Point, um, uh, Canada's podcast, right? And uh, uh, there, there's, a lot, there's a lot of uh, millionaire interviews is a cool one as well. If I was to say anything, audible.com, right? I am such a busy guy and everyone is such a busy person. And, but everyone can listen to an audiobook while you're cooking or have it on the radio in your car while you're driving or um, listening to it while you're waiting in line somewhere. And I've just pounded through so many good, good books by just, you know, plugging in those earphones and finding what author is doing some cool stuff. If you're, if you're interested about startups, read some, listen to some cool startup books. If you're struggling with management, listen to some really cool management books. Uh, just there's no excuse. You can't, you can't say that you don't have time when audiobooks are available at your fingertips. Absolutely. It's the traveling university, right? It is. Well, and speaking of traveling, so I know you are traveling now, but can you share with us a couple of your favorite places to be in the world? Or, you know, is there some place that you'd like to travel that you haven't yet been? Love to know a little bit more about your plans that way. Sure. Yeah, I did. Um, you know, I did a motorcycle trip down the west coast of Canada. I went from Calgary to BC, down to Tijuana, and all the way down that coast, right? And that's such a, a beautiful, beautiful drive. You get a chance to check that out. It's wonderful. Same as the I forget what it's called. I think it's called a going to the Sun Road or, or to the Sun or something like that. Just uh, just south of Alberta, and um, that's something you know. It's just some beautiful roads right beside, like right in our backyard, right. I'm in, in Thailand right now, in the north part of Thailand, and man, the, the people are so friendly here. It's, it's strange for a Canadian to say that other people are so friendly. Um, I, I love what I'm experiencing out here, and I'm probably going to pop by Africa after and um, see what that looks like, and, and you know, there's a lot of conflict going around in a lot of areas there, so kind of bracing myself. I definitely want to go to New Zealand at some point, and it's just one of these little things. I have this inspiration. I want to see the All Blacks. I want to get some, you know, infield seats right up close, and and you know, watch a good rugby game. Uh, that's something that's that's exciting. You know, California is such a beautiful state as well to go and visit. You know, I've been there a bunch of times, and 
I'll probably be going back sooner than later. Rope trotter. Those are like all over the place. <laughs> I'm wondering, do you have like a ritual either in terms of like a morning routine or an evening routine that you really just try to follow um, religiously to like help either start your day on the right tone or end it in the right way? Um, we hear, you know, a lot of sex- successful entrepreneurs have a routine that's really fundamental to part of their success and, and their mindset. Yeah. Um, if, there, if I was to nail down just one that I would call the most important or the most significant, it's every morning I take out my journal and it's the first thing I do when I wake up, right? So it's, it's got, it, for me, it's got to be the first thing. And I, I write three things that I feel very grateful for. And the trick is not to just write about it, it's to experience it, right? So take that pencil, hold it on the paper, and let's just say that I don't know what to write about today, so I'm just going gonna, gonna to write down that I feel grateful that my pillow was comfortable. And it sounds stupid, but it's, it's just simple things. They don't have to be big, giant things, right? But before writing, the, the, the principle and the concept is to feel it. Feel that gratitude. Actually go in and imagine what a, sleeping on a rock would feel like. And then remember, you got a pillow, right? I feel grateful that my pillow was comfortable. Until, and once I feel that gratitude, then I can start to write with meaning, right? It's not just the word anymore. You know, words have power when there's meaning. And when I write that I feel grateful for, fill in the blank, whatever it happens to be, then it triggers my brain to go in a certain direction immediately as soon as I wake up. And by the time I do that three times, it's weird, but I swear, I find that if I do that consistently, usually my days go a little bit better than otherwise. When, when really bad things happen, I deal with it better. It, it's not a magic solution in, in making everything go perfect. It doesn't do that at all. It just helps me respond better. We can't choose what happens to it. I can't choose what happens to me but I can choose what to do about it. And there's a difference between reacting and, res- and responding. Right? Reacting is emotional and negative, and responding is, oh, okay, this is what I have to deal with right now. This is what I'm going to choose to do. And they're two different things all together. So that's, that's my morning ritual. We're wrapping things up. I have two more questions for you. So the first one is a hypothetical question we ask mm-hmm. all of our guests. And this should be easy to, for you to do because you're already traveling. But if you could imagine okay. that you were, um, we were to drop you off on a beautiful island. It was very remote. Um, there is no access to internet, Wi-Fi, that kind of thing. So you can't bring your phone or tablet or, or computer. There is a phone booth. So when you're ready, you can call us and we will send the boat, Alice Survivor style, <laughs> to come get you. I'm just curious, how long do you think you'd last and what would you do while you're there? Well, you know, it's funny. I think I'd probably last out there longer than I would here, you know, without the stress of technology and pressure and social pressures. And I think that it's a healthy, good thing. Medical issues aside, to be away from technology for whatever period of time it happens to be. So um, I think I would last, uh, you know, as 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 long as I felt like it, you know, to be honest. The more, I think the longer that I'm away from technology, the less, you know, the less need there is to be back to it. Once you break the addiction, then uh, we get to really be more authentic. What I would do, you know, probably after the basic survival stuff was all mastered, you know, maybe do some coconut bowling. I don't know. That's probably a good idea. Um, I, I, I was a uh, Tarzan at an old costume party years ago. I'd probably, you know, build a better costume instead of a little leaf-based clothing line, maybe. Keep myself busy. Uh, practice my yodeling would maybe be an idea hopscotch in this. I don't know. Just the point is have some fun, right? The point is that little kids know how to have fun with anything in any circumstance, no matter what's going on at any point in any day. 
And as an adult, it's so easy to lose that. And I feel like it's important to be able to tap back into the inner child and be just simple and basic, just be fun once in a while at least. And I think that being stranded on an island might be a great opportunity to do that. That's great advice. We're winding things down here. I'm just wondering, is there anything else that you'd like to say to our listeners or share in terms of either your experience as an entrepreneur or doing business in Calgary or Canada before we we go today? Well, you know, I I think that specifically in Calgary, there might be some people that are maybe struggling a little more than others in, in their business. They might have had some early success. And now it's like, geez, what do we do now? I feel like there's, there is always a way through it. And, you know, building my company was not easy, obviously. And, and, you know, there's a couple spots where we're skimming, you know, just skimming above the line of financial bankruptcies, like, Oh, what do we do? Right. And, and at the end of the day, you know, sticking together and coming back to, to good old fashioned core values, you know, why are we here? What's the ultimate thing we're trying to do? How do we improve our basic quality and experience and customer experience and just come back to basics and every single day, just, do the best you can every day, you know, those expenses, you know, and make that client a little bit more happy, uh, inspire your team by being a better you and, and one day at a time, just get through it. And finally, you know, the economy is going to come back around and, and we'll, you know, we'll get through this together. I think that's a great way, way to end things and would love for you to share with our listeners. How can they find you online? Where, where's the best place to connect with you? You can find me on LinkedIn or my website. It's just my, my full personal name, Eric Gilbert Williams. It's E-R-I-C and then Gilbert Williams. There's no hyphen. So uh, ericgilbertwilliams.com is my website or driveupprofits.com, the same thing. Uh, LinkedIn, you can find me there and just you know, send me a message. Um, I have a Twitter account and uh, uh, I don't use it as much as I should, but I'm, I'm getting there, right? I was in the construction for too long, I think. Uh, yeah, and I'd be happy to talk to anyone about their business, right? I, I, uh, I find it very enjoyable to help other entrepreneurs, you know, get from wherever they are to the next step. I'm, I'm no Richard Branson, right? But that, that's okay because uh, neither are you, right? We're, we're all just trying to get from where we are one step forward and, and I'd, I'd invite the call. Well, Eric, it's been great to talk to you. Your energy and passion is, is infectious. I've really enjoyed our conversation. So thank you so much for being a guest on, on Calgary's podcast today. We really enjoyed having you here. I'm honored to have been a guest and I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much as well. Hey there, it's Bonnie Elchie. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to Calgary's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters. And if you have a minute, please write a review for us on iTunes. You can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Canada's Podcast. And make sure you check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country 